Uh, we were talking about the Grizzlies and Dylan Brooks because he's the villain in the NBA and wants to be the villain. DeMichael Cole hosts the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, also Grizzlies beat reporter, so he's uh, he's been busy. I'm sure talking about Dylan Brooks at least, you know, once or twice a day, let's say. Is there a certain point with this where people just say, Dylan, enough, man. Shh, don't, don't, don't poke the bear because... He's, he's the LeVar Ball of the NBA now. He's saying whatever he can say to try and rile people up. But at some point, don't you just look and go, dude, it's LeBron. Just stop. Just go play. I mean, you would think so, but no. <laughs> this, is, this is who he is. Keep, keep it going. Go after the Michael Jordan mix. Like, like this is just who this guy is. Uh, it's not new. It's not like it's some agenda that he's pushing, you know, in the playoffs or anything. You remember last season. Uh, just the whole thing with the Warriors and, and now growing to this year. I mean, it was only, what, two, three weeks ago where he was telling the media that Steph Curry can't score on him one-on-one. Uh, we've also seen, I remember, you know, when Zion Williamson came to Memphis and he had this hot streak, right? And uh, D'Angelo Russell said, uh, guarding Zion Williamson, you can't guard him because he's playing football. And I asked Dylan Brooks about that. He was like, oh, that's cool. I play football too. And, and, you know, like, it's it's who he is. It's If you ask him about an opposing player, his mindset is kind of like, hey, look, I respect these guys, but at the end of the day, what you do to another player does not impress me. Do it to me, and then we can talk. That's kind of his mentality in this whole thing. And, uh, I mean, he's probably going to be all-league defender this year, so uh, he has that part of it going for him. But you look at the offensive numbers, that's when people look at it and they're like, okay, why are you talking? What are your thoughts on game two? So the Grizzlies, uh, if you're looking at the betting market, are three-and-a-half-point dogs. The total is 221-and-a-half. So now, you know, with LeBron, I guess, upset or pissed off, even though he says he's not really upset and doesn't really care about it. <laughs> do you like the Lakers to take game three? I think they split probably in L.A. Who do you like uh, coming up here on Saturday? I like the Lakers in game three. Uh, I, I think overall what we have here is uh, the Grizzlies won game two. But – if you look at the last five, six minutes of that game, the Grizzlies had the same problems that they've had over the, over the course of this entire season, and that's fourth quarter scoring. Fourth quarter scoring has been easily uh, one of their biggest, uh, you know, one of their biggest weaknesses this season. So what we saw in that game is even though the Grizzlies pulled it out against the Lakers, they only had one field goal, uh, one made field goal in the, in the last five minutes or so, ironically, by Dylan Brooks. But that was it. So the defense won that game, and I just don't I don't foresee the fourth quarter struggle ending, especially with you know John Moran and uh, his you know playing status in the air and, and all of that. I think the Lakers uh, first game back at home, the role players in LA will play better. Uh, the Malik Beasleys of the world, D'Angelo Russell, uh, those guys, and I think that kind of tilts the game in LA's favor. We were talking to John Martin from 929 ESPN, and he was like, listen, Xavier Tillman is just not not going to be able to contend with Anthony Davis. And we all kind of felt like Xavier Tillman was just not not equipped to be the five for the Grizzlies with Steven Adams being out and Brandon Clark being out, right, and Jaron Jackson getting into foul trouble. And then he comes out and plays <laughs> some of the best, most physical basketball against AD we've seen, 13 points, uh, only one three, only three assists. So, like, how how are the Grizzlies able to get Xavier Tillman, like, more involved and just the team be more physical against AD to get that win in game two? The thing about Xavier Tillman is he is like he's, – he's, he's one of those Tom Izzo, 
you know, players. They're, they're super disciplined, real good students of the game. Uh, he was telling us after game one. He said he watched game one four times at least, at least four times. You know, Anthony Davis didn't have the greatest Anthony Davis game in the world, but the Lakers won the rebounding margin by 11. Uh, one thing the Grizzlies emphasize as much as anything is rebounding. And when Steven Adams was was healthy, that wasn't a problem. They were the best rebounding team in the NBA. Uh, since Steven Adams got hurt, they're more middle of the pack uh, to the lower tier. And the Lakers are top five in that same uh, margin in rebounding. So the Lakers in game one controlled the boards. Uh, Xavier Tillman did just enough to give the Grizzlies the edge in game two. And uh, it's he's... He's not the most talented guy from the, you know, he doesn't jump the highest. He has a great span. That's eight. So if you look at the height, you're like, oh, Anthony Davis is 6'10 plus or whatever. But uh, Xavier Tillman has a 7'2 wingspan, has really long arms. Uh, uh, he's a former defensive player of the year in the Big Ten. So he has, you know, a, a nice skill set. You mentioned the three-pointer that he made. Uh, he is capable. If you give him that shot, uh, he will take it, and he can't. he's very capable of making it. Uh, he is kind of a throwback big man in that regard. You know, they're not going to draw anything up for him. They're not going to call a play for Xavier Tillman. Uh, everything that he's getting is going to come from rolling hard to the basket, getting offensive rebounds, and just cleaning up stuff. So that's kind of his role. He's more of, look, let Jaron, Dez, Ja, Tyus, Luke Kennard, let all the plays be run for those guys, Dylan Brooks. I'm just going to clean up on the glass and, and do the dirty work. Hey, what do we know about Jaw's injury at this point? Not just for, you know, the next game, but what it could mean for the rest of the series for him, too. I think he'll play at some point in this series. I just don't think he'll be a 100% uh, from, you know, a dribbling standpoint. I think that's a big concern. Going into game three here, I think what stands out to me is uh, right now, one of the things that Ja is still struggling with, even though talking to Taylor Jenkins earlier after the Grizzlies practice, he said that Ja is improved a lot but one of the things he's struggling with right now is catching the ball very fundamental thing right yeah so important yeah (laughs) yeah i mean and here's the thing here's why that is even even more of the importance i think when it comes to job because i've always thought even when he comes back whether it's game three four five six seven whatever the case is in this series at least as long as he's dealing with his bruise i think the best way of using him is putting him off the ball more which the grizzlies have done kind of in spurts this season so it wouldn't be something that's just you know out of this world put him off the ball more uh let desmond bain let tyus jones those guys bring the ball up the court because what the lakers do a really good job of is jared vanderbilt's going to pressure you 94 feet dennis schroeder is going to pressure you 94 feet a job probably would struggle in those situations with his bruise, you know, this deep bruise in his right hand. So it, me thinking the fact that he's struggling with catching the ball about, what, 20, 23 hours? We're 23 hours away from the game, and he's still struggling with catching the ball. I think that's kind of a sign that, uh, you know, uh, he's, he's probably not going to play tomorrow. If he does, it'll be in a limited uh, role. But after tomorrow, I think you got to get a little bit desperate. You know, if you go up, if you're down 2-1, uh, you, you you can't go back now. You can't go down 3-1 against the LeBron James and Anthony Davis team. So after tomorrow, you get desperate. But I feel like you have a little margin for error where you say, hey, if, he's, if it still feels like you're going to be rushing it to put him in, you don't play him in game three. If Jaws healthy enough, you know, without Steven Adams, without Brandon Clark, what do you think the ceiling is for this season? Because coming into the year, I thought they could go to the finals. But then obviously, like, way yeah. too many injuries. Do you think that this team is, you know, like conference finals, or do you think they could still make a run to the finals if they get Ja back? I say conference finals. Uh, I, with Steven Adams, you're right. I yeah. think because 
that's the one kind of weakness that they have right now. It's rebounding. And that's been a strength. It's weird to say that about the Grizzlies because they were the number one rebounding team in the NBA last season. The year before that, they were top five. Uh, this season, uh, up until Steven Adams' injury, they were number one on the offensive boards, number two on the defensive boards. Like, this is – they dominate teams in this area. They played the Lakers earlier this season in the first meeting, 63-39 to 39 on the glass. Like, completely different than what we've seen in these last two games uh, on the board. So, uh, without Steven Adams, there's a big difference. But I think if you can get job back healthy, uh, you, you go into this next round, uh, you know, the Kings and the Warriors, both really, really good opponents. But I think we talk about what Xavier Tillman doesn't bring to the table. What he does bring that Steven Adams doesn't give you as much of is his ability to switch out onto guards and hold his own. I think that's a, that's a strength. And Jaron Jackson Jr., you know, defensive player of the year, we know he can do that. Uh, it makes things simpler for this Grizzlies defense. I think the Grizzlies defense can shine, and that's kind of going to be their calling card if they want to get to the Western Conference Finals. Who do you think is the, the toughest matchup in that series between the Warriors uh, and the Kings? Yeah, um, I, I, I noticed that. I, look, you confuse me on Twitter. I don't know which one is, is, is your team. You, <laughs> Everybody you, keeps asking you, me that. Don't let her up. fool you. She is all in Kings, and she hates my Warriors. That's will tell. We'll give you the truth so you can give Our an dead. honest answer here. Don't Our let her dead. fool you. Give me the answer. She, give us the she, honest she, answer. I would say – in that series, right now, I, I think Golden State is the tougher matchup. I think I think it's Golden State. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think, tell you what, I'll say it like this. The Kings, before the Steven Adams injury, I, I didn't think the Kings had a chance against the Grizzlies because Sabonis historically and when we saw earlier this season, he really struggled against Steven Adams. But yeah. uh, without Steven Adams, he matches up much, much better against Xavier Tillman. I think he can really have, like, much more success than he's having against, like, Kavon Looney. So that kind of switches – from you know a weakness to a strength in that potential series and it, and it becomes like a battle in my opinion of just who has home court if it's the kings uh whereas with the warriors uh they got a lot of weapons and and you know they they have the mental edge right now over memphis you know we've seen it and i've seen it up close in the locker room i've seen the grizzlies when they beat the warriors and they're the happiest team in the world and i've seen them when they lose to the warriors and they don't even want to talk to me so uh, i've seen both sides of that and, I mean, that just goes to say, they put a lot of stock into beating the Warriors. And I think, you know, they they know uh, the Warriors have kind of been the hurdle lately. There's that mental edge there. Whereas the Kings, in a way, I feel like the, the, mental, of, the mental mindset going into that series would be we dodged the Warriors. So uh, I, I would say it's a slight edge uh, to the Warriors. But both of those series, I, I think, go, you know, seven games, possibly, you know, six, but seven games for sure. Talking to DeMichael Cole, BetMGM tonight. Uh, we, we've spent so much time this year talking about the wide open West, right? And then the trade deadline yeah. reshaped a bunch of teams like the Lakers and the Suns, and I'd say the Mavs, but they're not in the playoffs because they that won't. was a total disaster. <laughs> what, what team do you look at right now in the West and say, that's the best team in the Western Conference, that's the team that I have the most confidence in getting to the NBA Finals? You know what? You know what? Y'all you are going to be surprising me, but I, right. I think we overthink this thing too much. It's the Nuggets right now. Like, okay. Yeah. Uh, there you go. We 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 like the Flash, right? And I'm going to be honest. I picked the Suns to go to the finals before the playoffs started, but watching the Suns, uh, I know the Clippers are a tough matchup because they have all these great wing defenders, but the Suns are basically just playing iso ball and say, "Your turn, your turn." And they have the talent, but Historically speaking, that does not win mm -hmm. championships. 
So uh, that kind of has, you know, cooled me a little bit. And never mind the fact that Devin Booker and KD are playing 43, 44 minutes. Like, you know, that's going to show at some point in the playoffs. And it might show when you go to the high altitude and you play Denver. Denver looks like a well-oiled machine right now. I mean, we just saw Jamal Murray had, you know, a throwback Jamal Murray-type game. Uh, Jokic is Jokic. Uh, Michael Porter, uh, Aaron Gordon, Catavius Caldwell-Pope. Like, I like the squad that they have over there. I think we just, we're overthinking it. We love all these trade deadline acquisitions. Uh, I'm not too high on the Lakers, uh, even if they win this series. I think uh, the Kings of the Warriors would probably be the favorites over the Lakers, uh, in my opinion. Wow. But uh, I think right now it's, it's simple. Uh, Denver has home court, and somebody's got to go beat them in Denver to make it to the finals. And that's tough seeing happen right now. Well, I do not have any money on the Nuggets. You do, don't you? No, I don't. No, you I don't just, either? I just, Tristan, do you? <laughs> I was tempted last night, not man. Yeah. So hear me out really quickly. So if you want to bet this, I yeah. would rather – the Nuggets are 8-1. to one. I would rather bet Jokic at finals MVP 10-1, to one, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. Just because, I mean, you can make the case for Jamal Murray, but if Embiid's going to win MVP, and let's say they get bounced in the second round, if he's not healthy, that's what it looks like, then I think they're going to be mm-hmm. like, oh, man. We didn't give Jokic, you know, the MVP. Yeah. We gave it to Embiid, and he didn't get it done again. That's one. So way. that's my angle right there. I mean, Ten to one, man, for Nuggets, Jokic to win yeah. Finals MVP. The Nuggets haven't had a lot of value. That's the thing, because they've been the number one seed in the West for like a majority of the season. But yeah, we maybe just overlook this, and you go, oh wait, they've got Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, and they're actually healthy. To Michael Thanks Cole, so much, Grizzlies man. beat reporter, also host of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Good talking to you, man. Thanks for coming on. All right, appreciate you guys.